Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. You're so cute when you do that, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just have to turn my brain off, because if I think too much, I'll forget. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just memorized Don't in there think. somewhere. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah, memory. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, let's do some trials and triumphs. Okay. I'll go first. You go first. (laughs) This is Karen. Hi, everyone. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I just recently got an outdoor rug and put it outside. So, let me explain. The end. (laughs) The end, and I love it. So, you know, I redid my backyard, um, kind of redid a patio area, made a, a, uh, anyway, redid my backyard, put turf around the pool, blah, 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 blah. And I ripped down this pergola I had that no one ever sat in. Well, I had a Suzanne Castler directoire sectional in there, which I loved. But I didn't have a pergola anymore. So I pulled that thing upstairs onto my deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so right outside my master, there was probably, well, as it turns out, it's exactly as deep as Suzanne's <laughs> sectional. Um, well, we know you didn't measure before. Of course I didn't. why would you? <laughs> no, I ballparked it. And luckily it fit. So um, I pulled that up there and stuck it um, up there early this summer. And I can sit out there and drink coffee, and it's just a really pretty little cozy space right off my master. Um, but I didn't have any throw pillows or anything, so at the beginning of the season, I went and got some front gate Grand and Road Ballard Designs outdoor throw pillows. And I just I went to the outlet because I'm cheap. Um, because what I really want to do is replace the cushions on this sectional with something of color, but I haven't decided what it is yet. So okay. I wanted just a temporary one mm-hmm. summer fix with some throw pillows. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the included cushions are white. So right. power wash those. I mentioned that before in another podcast, got my throw pillows at the outlet. that all happen to be navies, derivations of navies and blues. Okay. Sounds um, beautiful. Which I think is pretty with the pool. Cause you can see yeah. the pool right beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't quite right at, at, at our Athens coffee table. That is looks like Ooh, a big cement block. Good one. Yeah. I like that. Um, and this sort of gray, um, wing chair. That was a sample that Taryn drew and that I bought. Oh, you know, I like, do know. Uh-huh. I love it. But it was all sitting there and it looked good, but it just didn't look like a, a group or something. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to get a rug. And I did. So I got this really neat indoor outdoor rug, which I don't know the name of, but it's from Ballard. You um, can tell <laughs> us the name. We'll put a link to it okay. in the show notes. Caroline will put a link. But it's solid. But it's soft. It's so soft you can't even believe it's indoor outdoor, and it's solid blue. Um, not not a cobalty blue, but not a navy. And then it has a really really wide stripe of a darker blue. Um, so it's it's really neat. It's great. Yeah, that's my triumph. What's your trial? My trial is that my husband won't stop hanging towels off of the outdoor railing. And I think, y'all, I think he's sort of gone wilderness on me because we got this outdoor shower. I think that he only showers now in the outdoor shower. And so oh, 100%. he's treating this outdoor balcony like his towel bar, I guess. So he has, like, beach towel that he hangs off of that. And I just don't oh, think no. it's very attractive. Especially because you can see it from your kitchen. And my bedroom, anywhere. Like, any of the back windows. You can see these towels. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure the neighbors are also, like, like this is not the beach the ugly towels yeah. hanging off of your... How many towels are there? 
Well, I have a giant bin of ta- oh that are hanging at a yeah. time. Well, always one. <laughs> Sounds like you need some good hooks or bars. That's kind of good. Is there one near your shower down there where he could just leave his towel? Well, what happens is... He's not going to walk up naked. Right. He wears the towel up around his waist and comes mm. inside, gets dressed, and then goes and hangs the towel outside. Why does so he just, hang he just it needs to walk into the bathroom. Because it's a beach towel, right? It's not like so? it's a bath towel. Well, he needs to mentally treat it... I don't know, because you're right. But I was thinking, oh, because Down by the pool? when he starts to the shower, it's outside and he wants to grab it. But he has to actually take his clothes off inside the house and wrap the towel around him. So maybe I'd give him another place for a towel inside. i got to think that out. Yeah. Well, if he's I think, not yes. using the indoor shower, then can he just use the same hook he would have used for his... Well, we have one of those heated towel bars. Oh, no. But he could use that, yeah. How There's do you no like reason, a yeah. towel bar? Well, mine... I don't love it because it doesn't have a heat adjustment mm. and it gets so hot that it will kind of burn my white towel. Oh, yikes. It doesn't turn it black or anything, but it'll get a smell and sort of singe it a little. Oh, yikes. Right. Is it hard mounted or is mm-hmm. it just a free? It is hard mounted. I had someone come in and attach oh, it. Karen, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm what, I, what I've always... learned to do is I just don't leave it on all the time. When I get up in the morning, I turn it on. I go make my coffee. I usually spend a good 30, 45 minutes going through my emails and catching up on work in the morning before I get in the shower. Um, so by the time I come back in and get in the shower, it's okay. heated up. So I've, I've contrived a solution. Okay. Now you stole a whole trial from I'm me sorry. for next time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. You didn't even think about that, though. I bet you hadn't remembered to use that as no, a trial. No, of course I hadn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> Something you're just living with. Yes. Well, I'll go next. My trial is from... A cleaning. Uh, like, have you ever cleaned your stovetop? Because we have a range with a gas range, and I feel like it's constantly dirty. Like, In we're the just kind of crevices. Of yeah, the, yeah, your yeah. Burner thing. So uh-huh. I take off the grate, and yep. I'm down like at where the actual um, lighter is, you know. And I do the baking soda, you know, and then you scrub it. You like the baking oh, soda with right, right, a little right, bit right. of water. Oh, and do you ever do um, our keeper's friend? Oh, we have that. That's a triumph. Barkeeper's friend. Everybody awesome. go buy it. Yeah. You guys have to remind me. It cleans Jesus, anything. What? Oh. So yeah. that's what you use? It's great for Is that stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I anyway, I do it and then you know, there's so many streaks sometimes that like then I came in with water. Anyway, the point is is I put too much water in mix because my front biggest burner, that would not click to or when it would you click clogged it. I uh, I got enough water in it that it wouldn't spark. So I could hear it like trying to click um, and it wouldn't spark because it was wet. And I literally was like, oh, I've ruined my stove. Like I was like, so Does that not happened to you a lot. That happens to me all the time. It just dries. It's fine. Oh, that's what ended up happening. Like this the next the day it worked. This is the first time she's ever cleaned her stove. <laughs> so that was, should be a triumph if that was the case too. No. Uh, mm. it hasn't, I've never used, I guess, too much water where it's happened. Okay. I think that's, I've kept it very like. Anyway, so. a lot of times I'll use a spray, and that happens all the time with the spray because it gets on the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the first time I really was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to tell David I killed the stove trying to clean it. Like the stupidest reason. Yeah. Um, and my triumph. Did I tell you about my um, Goodwill chairs? No. No. Y'all would love this story because you know how I'll I'll take anything. For, I'll try to get anything on a plane or car or to transfer it back like a goofball. So if I haven't told you the story, I hope, which I hope I haven't, I w- we were in Maine. 
And the Goodwill is across from the store and like, again, this little, just small town or whatever near the island. And so we, we like go in because my aunt was like raving about how like L.L. Bean dumps their like tagged stuff there. And we're like, well, I'll go in and look like we should see. Anyway, we ended up walking out with five chairs um, Four. it was two pairs. So two sets of two. Um, and then this one rocking chair, fully wooden and everything was super old, like super patina. Do you know in the wood, just like, and like chunks missing, but obviously it'd been worn so much, even with chunks missing that like it softened, like each chair was five bucks. And so we were literally like, I'll uh, take them all. Well, we just like, these are like, again, you can't, you can't pay for that. Petite, like you can try to replicate it, right. but it's super hard. So, you know, getting these older chairs and they were five bucks. We were like, whatever like if we decide not like i'll return these to good welfare but the rocking chair is like gorgeous and the two different sets of chairs are, are pretty chairs no they're they're wooden chairs what oh, have, they, they have a house up in maine no i know but you said something did, about an airplane oh, so i was confused oh, well that's what i'm getting to oh. so then my poor parents who drive up to maine every year drive back and i was like can you bring these and they did oh that's nice that's so nice of them yes okay, i thought that I'm you were really trying excited. to take these things on the plane yeah, i'm like what this is chair. not <laughs> you wanted to see me do it didn't you yeah, yeah. i did yeah unfortunately no but i still think that's a feat that i like bought chairs and still found somebody to transport them back to yeah, me in impressive. atlanta good, good job that's so we're gonna put these rocking chairs on oh no clue screen. i have no place oh. for this no i have no place okay. for them i just wanted them all right. So I've got to get rid of my dining chairs, I now, I guess, and replace it with these four chairs. Yeah. All right. Can't wait. Okay. Interesting. Well, we. I like that you, you both an update. don't look excited. You both look like I crazy. I don't understand it, but I'm, I'm willing to withhold judgment. Just wait. Just little. wait. Just wait. Okay. 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 Caroline. Okay, y'all. I have good and bad things. I'm just going to like list a bunch of stuff because I have so many topics that I need to get through them all so that I can prepare for future topics. You okay. see what I'm saying? I guess. Okay, so um, in our episode with Matthew Quinn, we talked about I talked about my touchless faucet. Y'all talked me into it. Karen, you love yours. I Karen, do. you were telling me about how you kind of wish you had one because it's hard to wash Elliot's hands. So that convinced me, and I thought, okay, done. I'll do the touchless. Then we did your basement tour, Karen, mm -hmm. in the – the other, you know, we recorded a video there and mm -hmm. you had the Delta Pivotal touchless faucet in your basement and I loved the look of it. So I went home, ordered it, installed it and it's fabulous. It does, it's very powerful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sometimes it sprays water oh. all over me. Um, so I haven't quite gotten used to that. Well, could you get your water pressure adjusted maybe a little bit? That's maybe what you need to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also I've just learned to not turn it on all the way and mm. just turn it like yeah, it half to three spray. quarters. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it bounces. I think mm -hmm. too, because it, it might hang, um, like where the water falls isn't in the middle of the sink. Uh -huh. yeah. It's a little closer to the countertop. So I think because of that, it can uh -huh. ricochet. Yeah. Ricochet. But, um, <laughs> but overall I like it. But my only caveat is that now I try to touchlessly, I try to touch all the faucets to turn them on. Yeah, it's a habit. Yeah, you're starting to. Habit. You're just petting faucets here, yeah, left I do and right. I work all the time trying to turn on the non-touch touchless faucets. It's very, it it's very work. strange, but it is handy. It, and I find myself. Um, it's nice because I think I do a better job of turning the water on and off. Uh -huh. Where I, maybe when I was d doing dishes before, I would just leave it on while I was scrubbing, and now it's so easy to turn on and off that I'll. You're not wasting think, as much water. I think yeah, so. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. But I love the look. It looks great. Um, I do 
keep a little microfiber cloth under my sink because it, it does get a little um, like smudging. Smudgy. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is a flat. It's it's a shiny cram flat. So yes. you can. And I did the by polish. Flat, I don't mean the finish. I mean it's not a round pipe. It's a flat. Correct. It's very modern. So and you square. can see if there's fingerprints on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, I just do the microfiber cloth like once a day and it's fine. Yeah. Um, I also ordered a Hartwell sofa and I got it in. It looks great. It's in umbrella. It looks fabulous. I love it. It's in That's front of a window. Awesome. I still have lots to do in that room. So there's kind of like a sofa. There's a sofa in that room and kind of nothing else. So <laughs> I have, have, field trip I have a lot to do. But, and, okay, here's the other thing that I did. I ordered a brand new rug that Ballard just came out with called the Mazinda rug. What a name. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is based off a rug that our VP of merchandising saw in a Oh, antique rug. I know that rug. She saw it in a store, I think a boutique clothing store, took a picture, and we pretty much replicated it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really it's, it's really spot on to the picture she had. It's great. I loved it because it has sort of a cream background, yeah. but lots of um, um what is the word? I'm it's got like a of? tile. Like it's like and a blues and greens. It has the blue that I'm using in the dining room. It has the green that's in our kitchen, and I really liked that it would sort of reference the fall colors that are going to be outside of our windows mm -hmm. in the fall. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Well, I ordered it oh. with the intent that it would be here before my party that I'm having this weekend. Right. Mm. It got back ordered. It was supposed oh. to be delivered You needed to order earlier. Ago. Oh, no. And then it got back ordered again. <gasps> it's getting delivered next week, so I'm really oh. off about it. Well, Do you want to borrow? Spill food That's true. Over it. That's yeah. very true. I just, I because there's so little in that room, yeah. I really wanted the rug because it needs need something, something. But oh well, bummer. But anyways, man, um, lots happening like in the house, lots but happening. still also a lot to do. Yeah, I so. love all the updates. Yeah, Keep it coming. Great. I will. I will. All right, let's get to let's it. Let's get to our guest. So today we have Amanda Lindroth, interior designer. You are coming to us from the Bahamas. Yes, we're so jealous. We wish we were going to you. Come on down. I'm going home tonight. So oh, good. Just jump, it's jump probably hotter line. here than it is there. Oh, it's been brutal. It's pretty hot. Yeah, it's been brutal. Yeah. So you grew up. I I love your story. By the way, she grew up in um, Palm Beach in the '70s. You worked in New York. For magazines, you were a publicist for Gucci, which is fabulous. And then you I lived in Paris. I, I lived in Paris before um, being a publicist for okay. Gucci. Okay. And then I, I left Paris to go to New York to work for uh, Women's Wear Daily and W. Okay. Yeah, I did a, a year and a half in Paris after Wellesley. Lucky duck. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So lucky. We're all jealous. Yeah. And then you and your husband moved to the Bahamas. Yes. And you just started decorating your house and everyone loved it and called you. And that's here. kind of, I mean, that's sort of it. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I'm, I got a late start at decorating. I, I talk about this a little bit in the book and sometimes when I'm speaking that um, I'm sort of 56 years old and when I graduated from Wellesley in 1984, decorating wasn't really an option for girls coming out of school like that. It was sort of like you were meant to go to New York and get a banking job or get an advertising job or work in um, ad, uh, sort of like Procter & Gamble was always one mm -hmm. of those firms that were coming to recruit with us. So there was, it wasn't sort of considered um, 
an option at that time. And I find that sort of fascinating. I would have had an earlier start at decorating had I thought that it was a career that would have been um, something that, you know, um, was acceptable, strangely yeah. enough. And I, when I talk about this, when I'm doing my book tour, I've talked about this. It's very charming that girls come up, up to me afterwards. In, in Ohio, a girl came up to me and said, it's so funny you say that. I'm a florist now. And I went to Yale undergraduate and Yale Law School. And finally, I get to do what I want. So um, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm raising a, we're raising a 13-year-old daughter. And I'm sort of fascinated to see what she excels at. And let's also take advantage of that at, at an earlier age. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, we don't all have to go to corporate jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Tracy, who is a lawyer, Metzer? Um, Zeller. Okay, so Tracy Zeller, who we had on the podcast not long ago, who started as an attorney and finally found her passion in design. Um, she said, you know, as a as a, a girl who's smart, and you know, you always get straight A's. No one ever says, "Oh, you're brilliant. You should be a designer or a decorator." They're like, "You should be a lawyer. Or you should be a doctor." You know, if you're a smart girl, that's what you're supposed to do. Whereas, you know, it's a yeah. it's great to have all those mass skills and everything and run your own business. But also tap into that creative side. Right. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that people are, you know, mm -hmm. opening up to it a little. One thing she said, and she was actually talking about um, one of her clients had sort of a similar story. I think he was a lawyer. Anyways, long story short, she said that he told her just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should do it. Or doesn't mean you'll love it. Right. And so I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Like you could be good at many, many things, but if you don't really enjoy doing it, then. Right. You have to do Maybe it every day. Yeah. And you know, when I was it. 10, I, I did something that we now know is called a mood board for my mother when we were building a new house for our family. And so she had a furniture plan for my room and all the little tear sheets from magazines to tell her what sheets I wanted and how it all would work. So um, this was this was brewing a long time before it actually happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, describe your childhood bedroom. So um, it was white wicker with high gloss and... Um, and it had Mary Mecca sheets, so that dates me a lot, but they were very colorful. It was quite an era. It was 1971, and my parents had built this um, modern house in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, it's very Le Corbusier, or even a little Frank Lloyd Wrighty, international style, 11 flat roofs, most of which all leaked. Um, and, <laughs> well, doesn't every flat roof leak, Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> and um, it's sort of, it was a very good modern house, so it taught me a lot about scale, but it, I don't um, still to this day love living in modernism. I like living in classicism, which is just, um, interesting, but I still think as a decorator, living in a house with sort of a perfect mathematical scale, the rooms were very beautifully uh, proportioned, taught me a lot about about scale and decorating, and it's something I'm actually, um, you know, I, I do the rooms in scale and in furniture plan first, and then struggle with the fabrics, actually. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So proportion, I think, is the thing that a lot of people struggle with, but that's what you've got mastered. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope so. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think so. Anyway, I mean, a great, great, a beautifully designed house, new, old, whatever. Um, the furniture is a dream. It tells you what to do. You know, they just, they, you walk in, you know exactly where things are meant to be. Um, some of the less beautifully designed houses create the challenges for decorators to, to sort of um, use trickery to fix fenestration and, and problems in the, the proportions of windows and things like that. We have to um, work a lot harder. So I'm always encouraging my clients to get better architects so I don't have to work very hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put yourself out of business. Exactly. Right? Well, you talk um, about growing up in this, you know, in South Florida in the 70s, and I feel like it's so 
sort of clear to see that influence in mm-hmm. your work in the mm-hmm. fabrics and and maybe that really has something to do with where you're decorating in the Bahamas yeah. but yeah. the colors and that you know bamboo sort of motif yeah. and rattan like, it just is a so real fun. DNA to that to me from that era you know yes. I have a very very strong nostalgic romantic idea of Florida at leisure in the I was in, born in the 50s but the 50s was again a, a sort of interesting time there but in the 60s and 70s um you know this this emerging state I was in Florida before I95 was born it was 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 um uh, built so largely people were really there on holiday on vacations as winter residents and that's a very different um formula than uh, the, the now Florida, which is a 12 month a year, year round Florida. And so sort of my my sort of decorating DNA really, um, it sort of hinges back to these houses that were, you know, open air and had these sort of motifs of, of people on vacation. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot about that. It's why I'm asked to do so many resort things is because it's on my mind. What would someone coming on a vacation want in their um, in their spaces because people dream about the holidays they go on. They pack weeks in advance. Women sort of have a romantic idea of what they'll wear and how their hair will look and, and all of these things. So you can't let them down when they get there. The, these things have to deliver. So what do we want on vacation? Yeah. What sort of things are you really focused on? Oh, well, in um, in bedrooms, you want crispy white ironed sheets that are beautifully um, laundered and turned down and smell good with piles of good crispy percale pillowcases. And um, you yes. want wonderful, <laughs> yeah, you want natural rugs. You want white linen curtains with a little detail. Um, you want um, fresh hair. You know, I always tell. Um, people, if they're asking for tips on how we decorate in the islands, the first thing you need to do is you need to open those doors up and and get some fresh air. Even if it's hot, you'll get a breeze. Figure out the cross ventilation in your house and make sure that there's fresh leaves in the room or some foliage that is natural. Make sure that the towels are stacked and plentiful and and that the lighting is is elegant and and that there's abundance of notepads and pens and pencils and things. You you want you want a little ice bucket. I mean I'm always sort of down on the fact that people have refrigerators in their hotel rooms. I don't know what they're planning to do with them. Right. You know, it's, you, know you, you should have a good room service barman who can bring That's you right. a, bring a bottle of wine. Anything you want at any time. You don't mm-hmm. need that fridge, right? Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> No, because you're not going to leave the wine. You have to drink it all. There you go. Right? <laughs> there you go. You're on vacation, right? That's right. Exactly. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a, it's, strangely enough, we talk about this in our office, but we actually have a list in our office of things that finish a house, that make a house feel that, that, that it's loved and it really does include you know good books and 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 recent current magazines and all of those things and so the small resorts we work on and the houses and the clubs particularly that we work on um, with these public areas we try to make sure that they have all of these um, lovely things at the Dunmore for example we buy antique a little selection of antique books from my great bookseller Kinsey Marrow every season. Not a million of them, but just a few, so that when someone comes back, they'll see something special that um, that um, relates to the the location or the Caribbean or sailing or something nostalgic like the hotel is. Wow, yeah. the details of that are. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what makes you so amazing is because you think through that, whereas I'd be like, oh, okay, it's good. I put down a seagrass rock. <laughs> it feels like the beach. Well, and um, 
you have to have a, a complicit ownership. You know, um, uh, Gill at the at the Dunmore um, wants it to say to to read to the client how insouciant and how relaxed it is, but. Every summer we break it down and recarpet it and repaint it and regrout it and rearrange those books and get it to look like it just happened. Really? Yeah, every every August fifteenth the thing comes pulled apart. You know, new curtains might be made. This year the new curtains are being made, some bathrooms are redone. We 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 we're meticulous about um, making sure that we do the rounds of that hotel and other properties that we look after a few times a year to be sure there aren't any atrocities or any um, anything that really needs looking after. That's another thing is that people on, on holiday don't want to walk into a stained carpet right. or, or something like that. And when in these very beach environments and these places where people are sandy and have wet feet, and also because we're using very fragile uh, fabrics on things, we're using white cotton duck and we're using, um, you know, we, we tend to try and do them in performance fabrics, et cetera, but still they're always light colored. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of um, hoovering and a lot of that machine that comes in that washes fabric. You know, I mean, that, that like, guy with the pro like cam guy. <laughs> yeah, they, there's a lot of that happening behind the scenes. Um, I, you know, because you do go to hotels and they'll smell musty. Mm -hmm. or And that's because it's a beachy hotel and they're not doing that, right? Or they're not opening the windows mm -hmm. they're not cleaning the filters of the air conditioners. There's, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, the there's whole, a lot to like, it. upkeep of the hotel just yeah. scares me to death. Oof. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I feel like Karen needs to tell a story about her visit to the Dunmore. That's right. Because <laughs> I'm obsessed. So, um, yeah. So, for my 10th anniversary last year, Joe surprised me and took me to the Dunmore because I've been talking about wanting to go to Harbor Island for forever. So, we went and um, we went and had breakfast in the, in the morning after we arrived. And there was this beautiful banquet in the dining room with this little petite orange and white stripe on it. And I was like, Joe, that is a Ballard banquet. I know it is. And he was like, Karen, no, we're in the Bahamas. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. And so, I'm like on the ground trying to find labels and try <laughs> to discover it. And um, I texted the office. I'm like, okay, look and see <laughs> if anyone got a banquette for the Dunmore. And we were able to figure out it was you. And I've been obsessed ever since. Oh, you're so cute. Well, <laughs> it's so funny because there's so much Ballard in that little clubhouse. Even the large uh, sectional, the wraparound sofa, and the corner sofa in the main room is Ballard. Um, we live in um, a place where we can't get custom upholstery, especially on a family island like that. So in Nassau, we have better um, ability to have um, our upholsters come and measure and possibly make some things. But um, when you get out to those far-flung places, um, it's much easier to call Ballard and say, oh, these all fit, let's get these. And so um, <laughs> that Coventry seating has been a lifesaver, not only there, but in so many of our projects, because we are banquette obsessed. I mean, everyone wants to bonk at every dining room in the world because mm -hmm. we like to eat that way now. Um, and so, um, and that stripe on there has become sort of, we know it's now called the Dunmore stripe by us, but it's a, um, it's a perennials fabric that we've used endlessly. We throw it on anything we can. We buy funny little, um, I don't like furniture to ever read that it's come from a catalog that I, I, I don't. I, I buy from all the cat. I buy so much from Ballard, but I don't want it to be so recognizable. Yeah, so we buy sort of a funny sling bar stool, and then we remove the bar stool and have it put in our perennial stripes and things mm -hmm. by our guys. So we actually send an upholsterer um, to Dunmore during the closing months, which is August to November. We send somebody up there for at least a month with commercial sewing machines and work tables, and they work through the entire property and fix broken things, a torn bed skirt or a set of curtains or things like that every summer. So, yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, I that just blows my mind. I, have to say. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I want. Do you mind if we talk about color for a moment? Mm-hmm. Because definitely your design is full of color, infused with color, right. clean, bright colors. And is that palette derived because you're so close to the ocean, or it's just a passion of yours? It feels like it's kind of a thread that runs through yeah. a, a lot of your projects. It's a funny thing that you mentioned color because the color part of my design is a very learned um, area, and it I was I was. When I first started decorating, I was incredibly uncomfortable with color. I grew up in a modern house that was full of white cotton slipcovers, and I thought, well, that will just do for everyone. But then, of course, your clients are like, no, I would like a pattern. And so <laughs> I had to actually um, really kind of take it on as a scholarship, a scholarly duty to learn about color. And um, I've had the good fortune of being very close friends with the owners of Quadrille and China Seas Fabrics in New York. Um, they're godparents to my daughter, um, and we're you know sort of family. And so um, a lot of the tutorial I have gotten on learning to use fabrics and patterns and colors has been through their sort of um, stewardship because they have such beautiful hand screened um, uh, patterns and and designs, and they have so many, and they come out with them. And so we're um, I'm blessed by having their help. Um, sometimes say look at it this way, or look at it that way, and um, and actually sort of I've gotten past my fear of it. I do think strangely I think there's a moment coming back where we'll be um you know looking at um I I so I missed the whole grayish era mm-hmm. the whole gray I don't even know what grayish is but it's some beige and gray thing together <laughs> I find extraordinarily sad um so um but I do think maybe we'll be using lighter thing I don't know I just have a gut feeling smaller patterns are coming in again and uh, it's it's been on my mind for a few months now um looking at a slightly smaller scale thing. I'm not sure. But yeah. more pastels too? Or? Yeah, and, you some, and some pastels. I'm like, you do. Yeah, you love a pink solids. wall. Yeah, I love a pink wall. Yeah. I love anything pink. Why is that? Why do you love a pink wall? I don't know. Um, I think pink is such a neutral and it looks great with black and it looks, you know, one of the things that's happened in all of our modern lives is everybody wants a TV everywhere. So you end up a big black blob in your room. And so you have to sort of, um, you have to sort of find a friend for it. So, you know, we use a little bit of black lacquer, uh, black spray painted wicker and things like that on the opposite side of the room. And it all looks great with pink. I mean, pink and pink and orange look great together. Mm-hmm. And um, pink and green are great together and coral and green. So and yeah, I guess I have gotten better at color. Well, yeah, isn't that I feel like you're pretty good at it. <laughs> about the sand in Harbor Island? Mm-hmm. Is the sand like is pink? Sand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's a uh, that I think mythologically or maybe even in truth that sand is ground up conch shells and things. It's from a shell based thing, and it really does look pink as can be at certain times of the day, right? In the yes. light, it's very beautiful. Well, I always think, and maybe this is just me and my own complexion, but I always like pink rooms because I feel like they're flattering. They look, yeah, yes, they look I think they are flattering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's not for everyone, but I do think that like you want to be in a room. That makes you look flatters you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. And another thing about bedrooms is they should be very feminine. Men like that. Even they, 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 they want to have a pretty. They don't react poorly if you have a pink wall and a pretty white bed in it. Um. So that's another thing. Is that yeah? You you, you do pink is a flattering color. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do but do you find that when you say the words I w- I'm going to paint the walls pink, that people are like okay or they mm. um. You know, it just depends on the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, reading your client's um, wish list and meeting their expectations is really a very large part of this job, mm-hmm. and it's it's the part that um, you know it takes a, a real amount of attention because we want our clients to be happy. You know, it, this isn't about our house; this is about their house, and mm-hmm. and um, I'm not trying to ever um, sort of 
put my stamp on something above their wishes. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times when that's a struggle that you, you're not sure how to get everybody to make something, but not that often. We can always get there. There's just so much good taste out there. Good. There's so much good design material out there. We can usually find our way. But sometimes, you know, I'm I'm known for these out island, family island interiors that have a real insouciance and a hat rack and a this and a that. And then sometimes um, I realized that my client wanted a little bit more of a 60s Billy Baldwin tropical interior, something a little sharper. So I, you know, I need to always be very, very uh, rigid that I know um, the the sort of the lane that they're in. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, because when it, the mistakes are costly. There are it's like I don't like that cabinet, and you're on a family island in the middle of nowhere, and you know that's a, you know that's a, that's always a problem when that What's happens. What's a family island? So um, the capital of the Bahamas is. Um, is the town of Nassau, which mm-hmm. is on the island of New Providence. Everyone always refers to the island as Nassau, but it's actually the, the island of New Providence has a little town in the middle called Nassau. And the family islands are the others. All the others are called family islands. Yeah, I think probably Grand Bahama is not considered a family island because it's another sort of larger, sort of uh, sort of more urban. It did have quite an urban little town. It has mm-hmm. a big shipyard and things. But I think the other ones are all, I mean, I think think that they, were, they used to be called the out islands and then they became the family islands or vice versa. I can't remember now. Okay. Yeah. So does that just mean that like they're little more <laughs> yeah. remote and like only, and there's not like a Maybe lot of Maybe it's a business? family well, of the bigger islands. There are 700, sorry, there are 365 islands and keys, which key is a little island in the, in the chain. And probably 40 have, have people on them. Wow. And 10 have lots of people. So many, <laughs> I mean, lots of people, but yeah, it's a magical place to live. I must say. Yeah. So, I imagine that most of your clients are decorating second homes. Like it's not yes. their first home. So do you yes. feel like they are willing to take more risks? Um, they are. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not the riskiest decorator. So, I mean, I like a traditional kind of vibe. So maybe they'll take a little risk on um, color at times. But um, the, the thing about people who you're, sometimes when you're decorating for people with second and third homes, is they're pretty experienced. And for all of you all in the design industry, you know this, that having an experienced client is a dream because they are experienced. The process is not unfamiliar to them and um, the expense is not unfamiliar to them. And um, so they're helpful in that process. You know, sometimes we actually have clients we never really have a design meeting in front of. We do them all on computerized go-to meetings and we FedEx samples and back and forth. And believe it or not, we can pretty much tackle a house um, in a very complete way um, using those really modern um, techniques, which and we love. I mean, I'm, I love a go-to meeting because sometimes <laughs> when we have architects meetings, my architect might be in New York. Um, his second architect has an office in Palm Beach. My Palm Beach girls are running a project. I'm in Nassau and the client could be anywhere and we're all on the screen and sending each other emails to pop up to say, what about this idea? And then the architect can actually sit and draw there. So we can get, um, we can get, you know, a day's work done in an hour wow. and all have had the input of it. And so that's sort of a miracle for people like us who are sitting, you know, far yeah. away on an island. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the expense of getting us all in one room and all of that um, is just, it's a, it's a, it's hard to believe we didn't have those techniques before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it gives us better projects. We can do a better job. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I guess I, I'm really meant risk in terms of like, in terms of color, like maybe yeah. with the pink wall, they're not as frightened by a pink bedroom because they feel like yes we're not building their prime we're not doing their primary house yeah Yeah, i think maybe you're right 
You're right. Yeah, we can say, you know, let's, you know, Lyford Key has a sort of very fanciful idiom. Let's uh, a language of of decorating that sort of um, it's, it's sort of um, old fashioned and sort of Brighton Pavilion, if that makes sense. It's sort of an old sort of Regency Georgian kind of building, and so we use all this sort of chinoiserie and. Um, and um, pagodas, and we use all that sort of a lot of that language. And certainly, they would not maybe have a pink room with a lime green. In one case, we did an orange and white um, chinoiserie room, uh, trellis triage room. Um, they would certainly not have that in their urban um, setting right. in a New York penthouse. No, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yes, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. You're right there. We, I mean, I, I specifically now think of this wonderful family from Houston that let me literally take their house and make it a gigantic orange and white striped and orange and white triaged um, party. And and it's a, a riot. I mean, there was there were a few old fashioned families in Life for Key who said, are you joking? When I and so I just hid for a few months till some of the some of the um, so the critics died down. Yeah. Yeah. But the client adores it. And it's and that's, that's all, all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And now, when you turn a particular corner in Life of Key to head to the club, there's this house with these giant orange and white awnings, and it's kind of all of a sudden you know you've arrived, sort of. You yeah, know, it's you like know. a. Um, it's become its own little iconic moment. Yeah, I was going to say, what is the word? Landmark. Exactly. Said, yeah. And the house is called Goombe, which means party, really, in in a sort of Bahamian, I think. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, so I you were talking about you know making them feel leisurely or relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. But there's there's like big beautiful antiques in there there's some mm-hmm. very classic pieces but like you're right they feel very um kind of flip-flop barefooty but they're not too dressy how are you making that happen i think you do that um that's a great question let me think how i'm going to answer that um I so think it's because you put rattan in every room. That's could, my I think answer. you might i think you i think you're right we do put something woven in every room we often try and um I want the using the word dumb down is sort of not a very elegant way of putting it, but you have to take the the language, you have to take the tone down a bit. So if you're gonna have a big traditional English sofa, perhaps like a Howard shape, a beautiful old-fashioned Bridgewater shape or something like that, don't put velvet on it. Put mm-hmm. white cotton duck on it or put a, a small printed Indian print from Quadrillo China Seas or from other fabric companies. We use them all. Um, make sure that the rugs are natural, that the rugs aren't wool. There's certain tricks to do it. And by the way, we walk into rooms sometimes and say, we have not aced this yet. We need to um, we need to make it a little, I don't want to use the word messier, but make it a little more authentic. And so authenticity and decorating is the whole thing. You want, I mean, we we're trying to create interiors that are timeless, that you walk into the room and you don't think um, that it's brand new. And so, you know, I mean, I'm the, I, I have to really read my clients' minds on this particular topic, but I don't want the tiles always to be exactly perfect. I don't. I I want a little play in them. I want oh. the wood floors to have a little tiny bit of defects in them. Mm. I want the house to have some age in it. So I mean, we we talk about this with every client. We use a lot of wood in our ceilings, a lot of wood in our walls. Will the client be tolerant to a butt joint, or will we do a V joint? A V joint is a cleaner joint. A butt joint is going to crack and change and move around. Um, when the air conditioning has gone on and the, and the heat's come up and this mm-hmm. and that, but the house will look at 18th century in five minutes with the with the butt joint. So, but everybody doesn't have those tolerances, and it's really very important to know uh, which ones do and which ones don't. But uh. yeah, how? I mean, obviously, it's just years of experience. But like, when does that like light turn on? That like, hey, I should do them 
this right. way versus that. I mean, Noticing like, those details that's such too. a like tiny, tiny detail, but it sounds like it makes such a big difference. It and makes a big difference. Here's the thing is that um, like experience is everything in life. And so I'm like, I, I mean, and, and also taking things seriously, you know, your clients are hiring you for expertise. You better have some. So if you don't know something, you have to read about it. Um, and I think, you know, those of us in this in this business who study and 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 uh, work at it um, benefit from these small little things that we learn. And and trust me, mistakes are where you learn things. So, you know, we still when I make a custom piece of furniture and it comes and it's a little off or something, then the next time it won't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get better at things in life, which is great. I mean, I think that's one of the I was we had this conversation the other night about the fact that all of a sudden you have a vast more amount of, of, of ability after working as hard as you have for 10 or 12 years or 15 years in a particular um, sort of metier, in a particular uh, job, you just get better at it. So that's nice. You know, you don't get worse at it. You get better at it. But yeah. um, it's just, you know, I think most of it's coming from learning from mistakes. It's yeah. possible. And also being humble. Here's the thing is that we all, um, we all have to really understand what we don't know. You know, we we have a, a very fancy upholsterer in New York um, who's one of the greats, and we use him for the big projects we have that where the client has that has that experience and to know that that's what they want and they don't mind um, paying for those things. So he, having been, been self-taught in some way in this field, um, upholstery is its own science. I mean, the one thing I always tell people is I really wished in the past I could have taken three months off, put a white jacket on like they have at those fancy upholsterers in New York and worked there for three months to understand all of the details about a rolled edge or how this is, how, what stuffing does this and what, how a down filled this and a blah, blah, blah and all this. But I, I haven't had that experience. So anyway, this particular upholsterer, whenever he rings our office, they'll say so-and-so is on the phone and the whole office goes, no, because we know he's going to ask a a question we do not know the answer of. Right. Hold so, on, I have to Google that. Well, it, we became customary. <laughs> we have a very, very, very good friend who's a supremely uh, top decorator in New York um, in all the highest way. And he works with the same upholsterer, so it became the standard answer of ours to say, what would he do? <laughs> so this became this joke with everybody that we're like, what would Alex do? And Alex, we told Alex, he thought it was so charming. <laughs> of course. Who doesn't want to be told that they're right? the expert, right? right? Yeah. You yeah. know yeah. everything. You do. I'll right. just copy him. But you have to, there's so many things, especially in construction. Never, ever, ever presume to know um, the, what these trades know because they've had decades of experience doing um, carpentry or I don't know, millwork, this kind of thing, you really do need to rely on. Um, you know, we use very, very talented architects and, and um, make sure that their shop drawings are perfect and all that kind of thing because um, the responsibility, these items are very expensive. And if you um, are not an expert or not an architect, you really need to be sure that you've got one on board that um, that can guide you the right way. Yeah. yeah. And listen to them. Yeah. 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 Well, it advice. sounds like, too, if you're somewhere remote, you can't just go, you know, replace it. No. Easily. You know, you have to either live with it or make a really expensive. Throw it in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully not that. (laughs) So wait, so you just fill up containers with stuff and ship it down there? Yeah. Yeah, so where do you buy antiques for your your projects? Well, I mean, the the great glory of life is first dibs. I mean, mean, how could any of us, I couldn't possibly. How did we function? How did we function without first dibs? Um, So, I mean, hats off, you all changed our life um 
So we buy tons of antiques on first dibs. And it, on rare occasions, I get to go antiquing, which I adore. I mean, in the, my old in the, my old life, I was antiquing all the time and going junk shopping. And I just don't ever have any time anymore. But um, like Dixie Highway in West Palm Beach is this genius. I mean, you could spend three or four days going in every single shop and and there's all of that, um, that sort of old South Florida stuff that I love is just all there. Um, and then from on rare occasion, I get to go to the antique shows in, in England um, and they're full of treasures, you know, beautiful sailors, valentines and old shell things that the Victorians all made. Um, and, um, and so we're really fortunate. But, you know, I, I do miss that. Um, I mean, I miss being able to pop up to Hudson, New York, and stroll around and have all right. those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so tell me this. Maybe this is a dumb question, but if you are going to order something from Ballard, does it just get delivered to you, or do you have to send it to, a, like, a receivership? So we, we, right? um, we have a warehouse in Fort Lauderdale that consolidates all our things, and we've been working with them for 15 years. So Got it. Um, they put everything on a weird Squibex thing, and our whole inventory is sent to the girls in my office probably get an updated inventory three or four times a week. And so their clients' things are there, and they're, the girls in my office are complete experts at, at load lists and loading things because we have very, very strong, uh, strict documentation for bringing into the Bahamas, and we pay an extraordinary ordinary amount of duty on things so um you know 45 percent plus 12 percent vat i mean it's a, it's a lot and you pay it on the freight so yeah. uh, so we have to be um that's another thing about my job is that um you know a lot of my clients are very privileged but even they are like wow there's they have a sticker shock about what it costs to do things where we live mm-hmm. due to these um these duties like um because it's it's you know they duty it on the freight so coming from Fort Lauderdale, from North Carolina to Fort Lauderdale. And then again, you pay all these taxes. So so you can't Amazon Prime it in? No. <laughs> Man, I don't know how I'd live without Amazon Prime. Do you just put everything in Fort Lauderdale and put it in your suitcase? We have a, um, someone very, very smart started these services. There are a few of them in Nassau that um, have a warehouse and a, and a plane, and they fly every day. So we have this wonderful service where I can send everything Amazon to them, they bring it in, they deliver it to your house, and then they bill you at the end of the month. The bills are you know, something yeah, else. Don't You're look at the bill. Yeah. Just don't look. Mm-hmm. But our lives are <laughs> our lives are possible because of those things. Because you know you need school uniforms or you need you yeah. know Christmas presents or you, yeah. So it's that's a lifeline. Okay, so I imagine if there is this like high price to bring stuff in, you probably reuse stuff a lot. We do. So. Yeah. How does that work? Like, Yeah, I was actually quoted in something recently about a little broken piece of wicker furniture as a treasure to me because if the shape is right, we can always kind of glue it back together and give it a coat of paint. And it's, you know, gets a second life. Um, no, we're, we're you know, um, I think I was also raised in sort of a thrifty way. And so there is some um, uh, merit and there's some um, pride in not being um, – so throwing everything in the garbage, you know, we're, we're, we have to be really diligent about that. And also when you're, you know, we're, um, we're often asked to come into a house that's, they're sold fully furnished very often where I live. And, um, and then all the furniture is leaving. There's always a lot of heartache in our um, souls to make sure that that furniture that's perfectly nice, but isn't suitable to the client's taste gets given to someone who needs it um, and, and gets a second life out of it because, um, you know, there's always need everywhere. So right. there's no point in throwing away good things. Yeah. I think it's waste. It's like it hurts. It's like not good. Right. right. It's wasteful. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine if you, if you do have to really pay attention to like every single thing you're bringing in and it's not easy to replace things, do you spend a lot of time like focused on like really getting good quality because you know, 
it's going it to last. Yeah, it has yeah. to last. Yes, to the best of our ability, we do. Um, you know, there's great quality at all levels. You know, I always laugh about this, but my favorite chair I used for decades was this chair called the Agen chair from Ikea. And it used to be $28. So we've probably used, you know, I don't know if we've used a thousand of them in our career, but um, they're up to 70 something dollars now, but still it's not, you know, still, and we, you know, we'll dip them in, in oil-based paints and leave them out in the yard because, and get color out of them. But um, the chair is, chair has quality. That chair has quality and it's economic. So, um, you know, we are careful, yeah, about that kind of thing. But it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. It does not. It mm -hmm. does not. It does have to be, you know, you can't, you know, every once in a while we, we buy something incredibly chic for a client. It comes and the quality is is poor. Mm -hmm. We've had it happen recently, very recently on a project, um, and it, it, there's a little egg on your face. You're yeah. like, wow, this, um, disappointing. this chair weighed a lot more the last time I bought it. Uh -huh. um, so, uh, so they're cutting corners. Something, yeah, yeah something. And so... Um, you know, it becomes more of a hall chair than a chair that someone's going to be able to, yeah. someone big is going to be able to sit in and be comfortable in without it cracking or something. So, um, yeah, we get surprises. Yeah. We try to buy things as high. I mean, it's, you know, a good upholstery, you know, and I consider Ballad's upholstery really good. We use a lot of it. Yeah, this yeah. is bench made North Carolina. Heaven. Yeah. yeah. We're sitting on a Ballard yes. banquet right now. Yes, we are. The Deidre. Do you enjoy using like reusing pieces that maybe your clients already have and reimagining sure. them? Sure. I mean, if they're if they're great looking, I'm relieved because it's another thing I don't have to bring in. Yeah. 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 I can't be very, I, you know, a, a decorator who's purely mercenary that's out to, for the money um, isn't going to get a great result. Because if the, if, the, if the client has great stuff, it's part of their story and their house is going to be more authentic with it. Right. You know what I mean? Push it around, give it a paint job. Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, sometimes we get real duds of furniture that we have to use and we're like, hmm, not sure how to do that, but not that often. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And where should we be spending investment money on furniture? I think it's always the upholstered yeah. pieces. Yeah. Agreed. The upholstered pieces. I think the rugs can be um, natural fibers and not so expensive. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm a great fan of Pier One and World Market. I love those stores. Um, for all kinds of treasures that you always find something in there that's just charming and and um, unexpected. Um, but money, yeah, I think um, certainly sofas, a great club chair for your husband. You know, mm -hmm. my husband is always complaining he's never had a good chair to read in. And it was that I was misjudging what a chair to read in is. And it's much more upright with arms that can hold a book. Ah. And it took me years to figure it out because uh, he's a big reader. Um, so um, does he have it now? Yeah, ish, ish. <laughs> he has one that he has one that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do. Yeah, it'll do. <laughs> you know, there are certain companies that you know I have a massive crush on that are very expensive that we um, that we use uh, when we can. For example, Sewn Britain is just um, everything they touch is glorious. It's very referenced to the, sort of a historical English furniture and, and the scale of English furniture. So beautiful fabrics from them, beautiful. They do beautiful wicker and rattan, um, which is really my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love working with them. And then there's some wicker companies in Italy that are just historical and famous, but it's a whole different thing, you know. Right. So if we have inherited a house full of antiques, mm -hmm. say, like from our grandmother or family or whatever because um, I, I feel like I see this among friends or acquaintance and we want to make our home feel young and fresh and current and mm -hmm. not like it's full of our grandmother's antiques yeah. what can we do so for example if you're going to let's get specific you end up with a 
mahogany break front for the mm-hmm. dining room. So put the mahogany break front in there and then maybe add a tulip table like the one we're sitting at in a big oval. And then even the dining chairs will look modern as long as the, the upholstery is done in a sharp way. Mm-hmm. Maybe do the upholstery, you know, think of like a Miles moment. What would he put on chartreuse or or blue leather or right, something? Right. Give it some shine. Shine is always really modernizing, like this beautiful room we're sitting in here. You've lacquered the walls. It gives it an immediate sense of modernity. So, I mean, a lacquered wall with a brown you know, 19, I don't know, a Georgian or a fake Georgian break front would look great. And then a modern painting over it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, do what India did in her dining room in, at, at Hibiscus Hill and line the paintings all stacked on shelves or something like that. Um, and then probably a sort of modern lighting fixture, something plaster or mm-hmm. or something rattan. Add a piece of rattan in the room. I don't know what it would be, but it could be a plant stand or a little settee in the bay window. I don't know, making up the mm-hmm. pieces. A bar, <laughs> anything, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the furniture you're going to end up with is going to be um, bow-fronted brown chests of drawers. They're always modern enough. Just put a lacquer tray on top and a... And, it's, and the lighting needs to be, you know, probably a little more modern. Mm-hmm. It's just a delicate balance. You can't have an old lady lampshade and an old lady piece of furniture and an old lady rug in one in the room, and and you're probably not going to survive that. Right. Yeah. Right. You can't yeah. fix that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so spread it out around and yeah. and put other stuff around yeah. it. Yes. Okay. I like it. I like yeah. it. I feel like I could do that. It's doable. Yeah. I don't own any of that, but if I did it. <laughs> I think having um, family furniture is just great in a house because it does add, um, it makes, it just seems so authentic. Well, yeah, like you're saying, it's supposed to be a reflection of you Mm -hmm. and your lifestyle and your family and your Your memories, your story. Exactly. And don't be afraid of that. It's so funny to me because people often don't want to, or don't think it matters. Like their story isn't enough to tell in their house. You know, what should I do? How should I do it? Well, what do you want? How do you want to live here? What do you want this to feel like? And people are often stumped, I feel like, when I ask them that. I don't know. Plus, (laughs) if you have a break front from someone that was given to you, then that means you can spend more money on a great dining table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that frees up some of your budget to splurge on something that you really love. Yes, absolutely. Now, is it okay to just get rid of it? What if we don't love it? Absolutely. We don't have to feel emotionally tied to it. Nothing. I'm not going to forget my grandmother just because I didn't keep her break front. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? No, I think it's a shame to get rid of everything, but to get rid of the real dogs? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Or, you know, give them to someone else in the family. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's all about editing it is actually all about editing. It's it constantly is. about editing. Yeah. Even in our own homes that, like with me as a decorator, and I'm so, so busy these days, I'll come home and be like, oh my God, my house is a mess. You know, I need to spend three or four hours even just editing what's some, you know, the magazine mess or the book mess or something's off to me. So, you know, you have to even be conscientious to continuously do it to yourself. Yeah. Do you find it's hard to, it's harder to do your own home or... Um, is it easier because you feel like you can do anything you want? I think it's easier. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I I put up with quirks. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I don't have, um, I have like the crazy sort of broken wicker desk with a chip in it. You know, I don't really mind that so much. Yeah. Um, I've been watching, have you seen this amazing, I think they're called Ash, New York. I've just done the Peter and Paul Hotel. And I'm getting ready to go stay there in New Orleans. Are you really? Yeah, the my son's going to Tulane, so and I'm dying incredible. to go check it out. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like that's it's such an innovative and such a fascinating um, approach they took. So I'm I'm longing to hear what you say say about it because the pictures are cool. I don't know. I suppose in my own house, I take you know I take more risks of that. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, it doesn't maybe, have to be. Maybe so, it's just so decay. I'm perfect. not sure. Perfect. Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, Everybody yeah. just relax. Karen, you say that, but you are constantly perfecting. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will sit. Okay. I'll sit in a room of my own or other people's homes and be like, mm, that needs to be two inches to the left. Now, it isn't that it isn't that the item isn't perfect. It's the arrangement of items that often yeah. bugs You're me. You're really good at that. Though. And I want to just move it a little over and then it will be so much better. It isn't it isn't that the item's not perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Well, I actually sat in my living room and I've been there 10 years the other night and realized that there was a corner for Coventry seating or this one, whatever this one's called. Deidre. Uh, Deidre. <laughs> this is yeah. the Deidre. But that I'd missed all these years. Like I, the house has, you know, lots of room, but it doesn't have a dining room. So when it's 200 degrees out um, and I just realized where in that living room that that I could add a corner banquette and a table. So coming that's coming funny because you do put them in every project I just do. not your own living room. well I, had it, I have it on the i have it on the exterior right behind it and i thought why aren't i doing it on the exterior what it will do will cripple a set of doors mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter the english do it all the time every yeah. every english house has the sofa in front of the bay window or something like that because the the external fenestration and the symmetry of the exterior of the house is more important in a weird way so the decorators just have to compensate you know you just don't worry about that if that happens so Interesting. Yeah. All right. So my neighbors across the street, I talk about them a lot. They just had me come over to look at some paint colors and they have this weird little sunroom in the South. We often have people who've taken what used to be a screen in porch and put windows in it and they call it a sunroom. Okay. They're unusable. They're hot, you know, and people, I don't know why people do it. I, I love a screen porch. Let's just keep mm-hmm. that. But anyway, they have one of these and it's at the end of their living room. The end of the room has a fireplace and it's flanked by two like glass pane doors. So this whole room, is you can't do anything in it because it's got two doors and then all windows. I'm like, just close one of these doors and never open it again and put like so, some seating in here so exactly. you can sit down. Who cares? Exactly. You're not going to, you don't need to flow through the room. You're just going to go out here and hang out and read a book or yeah. watch yeah. a little TV or something. It's no better completely unused right. than used imperfectly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. either you can use it. Maybe it's not like the perfect situation, but it's better than. I don't know why you'd ever need two doors. I mean, the room has to be maybe six feet deep. You know, but you're absolutely right to give that advice, and I do it all the time. Just, just that door is not going to be used. We're going to stick a piece of furniture in front of it, and it's okay, and it's going to look great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And do you remember the incredible room of Oscar de la Renta and Annette de la Renta in Punta Cana, that big coral room? They've, I feel like they have plant stands or like right in front of the doors. Right in front of a pair of doors because they're always going to use the center door. It's even a pain in the neck to have three sets of doors open because everything in the room blows over. Mm-hmm. In a wind, you're, you're racing to save the you know big vase of flowers, which is going to tip over. So, you know, if you just have the center one, it also allows you to have a furniture plan that's logical on the outside. True. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The book is so fun and I had a great time doing it. Um, It's 25 projects from from Antigua to a a house we did in um, Cranberry Island, Great Cranberry Island in Maine. So it's island hopping from Antigua to Maine. Um, And uh, it was kind of sweet. I got a call from Mark McGowan from um, Vondome Press a few years ago and he said, I think it's time for you to do a book. And I said, awesome. Um, And... um, 
And we worked with Tria Giovanni, the great photographer, and Liz Strong, who I worship as well, um, as a stylist. And we marched around to all of these projects and shot them and had fun. We, um, uh, and then you know, I had to write the titles, which was very funny because I was a journalist in my 20s and I, at Women's Wear, and I had to write in those days. And I remember struggling at it. And when I sat down to write these title heads, um, I was fascinated because you actually have more life experience and it's much easier to write when you have something uh, to write about. Uh-huh. So it was fun to write them. And they were anecdotal and silly and um, and and sort of had a nice time writing it. And then um, and a, a forward about who how it all came about and my childhood and things. So I'm um, no, I'm quite proud of the book. Yeah, and it's sold very well and um, it's been great. Yeah, everyone go buy it. Island yes. Helping. Yeah, thank it's you. It's a great book. Yeah. So well, should we solve a yeah, dilemma? Yeah, I think we should answer some decorations. You're gonna have to help us solve a dilemma. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, look, there's a floor plan. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. This, this is from is Rachel. This is a pop quiz. Yeah, Rachel is thorough. She has sent us floor plans and photos. All right. She loves podcasts. We're interesting. And <laughs> she loves that we all have fairly different styles. There's something for everyone. That's true. I'm not that interesting, but thank you. You are so interesting, Caroline. <laughs> okay. Maybe she means our guests. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. I recently renovated the kitchen floors of our Nashville ranch home. The well, only the kitchen slash floors, because people are going to think that you meant the kitchen floors. Okay. Yeah. Her kitchen and the floors yes. of her Nashville home ranch. The only remaining item in the kitchen uh, are some open shelves and a live edge tabletop on the island, which has a bigger footprint. Uh, As always, now that the kitchen project is done, everything else seems to not be up to par. That always happens. We've cleared most of the furniture out of the living room that's adjacent and are open to anything. The only non-negotiable is the installation of a 60s atomic cone fireplace, which she has sent us a photo of, which is kind of fun and mod. Um, One of those sort of floating ones that kind of comes out of the ceiling or the wall and then kind of it's cone-shaped and floats. Um... Uh, that'll be placed with a gas insert where the TV is. We won't need the TV anymore, so no worries on wondering where that will go. Wow. Um, We do have an extensive vinyl collection that we'd like to incorporate and the accompanying turntable. Our speakers are white and will mount throughout the room. Our goal for this room is a comfortable place to lounge for our family of three and our friends of many. Lucky you, Rachel. Our style is pretty mid-century, but we tend to slide toward a more comfortable, neutral vibe than anything stiff or super modern and sculptural. Our sofa and chairs rugs can all be replaced. Thanks so much. Also, unsolicited advice, you all need your own Instagram with photos posted from the show. I'm dying to see Karen's basement. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Rachel. It's fab. (laughs) We're in the basement right now. So where's this fireplace going in here? Can you see it on the floor? Where the TV currently is, she says. Okay, so oh, the so TV's here. here. So this guy is going, that thing. Yes. All right. So, and what's what is what is what are we being asked to do? Redecorate right. this. Basically, <laughs> let's see. She she doesn't like her furniture now. She feels like it looks a little dumpy now that she's redone some stuff. Mm-hmm. So what what do we just sort of suggest for her room? Okay, so she likes mid-century. Mm-hmm. I think she needs to start over here a bit. So where the I think the fireplace should not go in the middle of the room. Should it go in off to the corner? What do in you all corner. What do you girls yeah, think? I don't know it feels cornery, right? Yeah, because yeah, then you like can't put chairs. So, and the floors are, what are the floors? They're wood, wood. in here? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's sort of a, a, a medium to dark wood. Mm-hmm. And then the walls are all neutral and the trim's all white. So, um, 
sure where we're going to start here. Let's see. Well, I, we can, just maybe some designers, you know, like in general, maybe a clean arm. So we're going to, the TV goes and the guitar goes and we get the, um, the fireplace in the corner. So why don't we suggest that she gets a very tall etagere, something either lacquer from, I don't know, Ballard, obviously, tall and lean, almost, almost the height of the room. Freestanding's cool. Something that I'm just trying to think where she could get it. I think that's probably available in all kinds of spots, but I'm sure Ballard has one. But a little modern. And put her vinyls on there. Ah, good right? idea. On, mm-hmm. She can put them yes. stacked and stacked. We have an acrylic one. Do you think that's too modern? I think the acrylic one sounds Why, cool. Wouldn't that be cool? An acrylic etagere with your vinyls on it? Fantastic like idea. It. Yeah. So I also think the curtains are um, sort of sad. Mm-hmm. So if I were she, I think I'd invest in shutters. Oh, what you think? Yeah. And so we now have the fireplace in the corner, and we have a cool acrylic etagere full of vinyl stuff, which will be probably all black and colorful and cool things. And then on the left of the etagere, she should frame them in plexi to be friends with the, um, the etagere. The, yeah, with ah. the acrylic. So in those boxy things, take the most colorful of the vinyl jackets. That's a fun And you know what I would do? I'd actually do them everywhere. There's a little shelf on the left side of the door. There's a funny little pair of doors. More vinyl there. Like fill that wall. Yeah. And then maybe, I mean, the furniture plan is the furniture plan. I guess you don't have a TV. So maybe you could have... um, Let me see this. Do you like the furniture plan? So she has... It's an open room. You walk in the door... And you're right in the living room, and, and in her plan, what she has drawn is to have the sofa back up to that. So it sort of delineates that the living room's to the right. Is there another plan? No, I'm just looking at that one. Oh, okay. That so that, that is her plan. So that's, I think, what she's thinking she'll do. Yeah, and so she needs a way more... Okay, so here's the other thing. is that She could also pick out some... Whatever color she pulls for the framed bits of um, plexiglass vinyl covers, and she should put those everywhere she can. Like there should be six of them long and lean on on the left of the front door, wherever that there's a little peg post with some garments hanging off it. There should go there, and then whatever color she pulls out of that, she could have the shutters painted that color, and it would be really fun. It would mm. really pop. And then, I um, and I think she needs. I don't think you can have a brown floor and a rug that color because it doesn't have. It's not any fun. It's so, a natural fiber rug. So yeah. it looks like mm-hmm. maybe there's something too much brown. that's um, zigzaggy or uh-huh. something that's in the right color. And then she just needs a more mid-century modern um, sofa mm-hmm. and a pair of, I don't know, cool chairs. Is there are there any mid-century ones in your collection? Um, not that I, I don't know. Well, we do have a pair that's coming out in the end of September. It's called our Jonah chair. You gotta be a little oh. patient, but it's really yummy. It's a great chair. Yeah, yeah. it has a, a wood frame and then a loose um, mm-hmm. seat and back mm-hmm. that are just sort of a natural linen. But it's a pretty kind of bleached yeah. wood. It's com, so you can oh, it is put your own fabric on there it. There you yeah. go. There also, I just stayed in the TWA hotel, the cool new hotel. Oh, you stayed in there. It's incredible. Oh, I've seen a it's lot of photos. That thing looks so neat. It's fantastic. And they have the the, the Saarinen chairs in the, um, those very sculptural, beautiful club chairs with the little metal feet. Um, oh, yes. A pair of those would be great in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think you need the longest sofa you can um, support in that room. Re- like four, four cushions if you can get it. And really low. 
And I think that would do it. What about a, a table behind the sofa? Not enough room or? No, it's a chic like idea. a big room. It's a chic you know, idea. I feel like she Because otherwise space. she doesn't really have anything for like keys, bag. Yeah, know? that's and a chic idea. it would be an opportunity for some lamps, some lighting. Yeah. And if she likes mid-century, she's got a very modern fixture over the kitchen island or kitchen thing. Yeah, it's fun. So she needs to do something um, that's friends with that as yeah, well. Yeah, echo that and somewhere else. Tall and, and quirky. Um, we got that. Yes. Yeah, I fun. love the idea of the vinyls on the wall. Agreed. I think that'll be so freaking cool. It'll be very like kind of pop arty. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll really, really express their personality. Yeah. yeah. And those can be framed um, in any frame shop. You can make those floating frames, I think. Is that right? Those I frames? get them on Amazon. Oh, you do? Yes. yes. I, I put Prime. a scarf um, in one. And it was easy peasy. And yeah. Different sizes you can get. You know, it's probably likely they even have them made for the vinyls. Those covers were all standard sizes. You're right. True. And if you don't want to frame your actual vinyl, you could always make a copy of it. You know what I mean? If yeah. you want to keep it out yeah. with your record with your record in it. That's a true. That's yeah. true. You I do thought that. that. Um, and then use your Well, your because copy. the ones, uh, I think I probably have one similar to you. I got on Amazon as well. It's, it's the art is only held in there with magnets. Have you, are, do you know what I'm talking about? Um... Mine is, I don't know. Okay. I think mine is just screwed in so tight that it holds it. Okay. The one I'm thinking of, well, it's, um, okay, they're probably different kinds, but the kind <laughs> I have, it just has two, it has eight magnets, like yeah. tiny little silver magnets, and you just put the, the art up against the, the glass, uh -huh. and you just put the magnets in each four corners. So you could swap it out, too. Oh. See, my four corners are what screw into the wall. Okay. This, you mount four uh -huh. thingies. And then you just put whatever behind the glass. Yeah, that's neat. Because we got it so we could, like, change out, you know, put Will's watercolor or whatever in there. That's but neat so idea. she could always, like, just put it in there with magnets and then Be swap done. it. Yeah, like, if you feel like, oh, well, we want to. I want to listen to this. Let's all fill the, it out. You know, Beatles covers on the wall. Then you just swap them out for that. Or then you change it based on the art, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at Christmas, you put your Christmas albums. <laughs> Just I mean, kidding. sure. Tell everyone where they can find you, buy your book, all that good stuff. Um, the book is available on Amazon, and it's in lots of bookstores here and there. I think it's even available on amandalindroth.com. Um, with all of our other things, we have a product line, which is um, lots of tabletop and linens and things like that. And we're expanding into lighting and furniture in January. That's exciting. Yeah, it's all in development. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even get that far. All the rattan. Next time. Yeah, yeah, check out her site. It's really beautiful. Lots of great stuff. Um, and um, I have an office in Palm Beach and um, a shop in Palm Beach and a shop in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, a main office in Nassau, Bahamas. So I'm easy to find. I feel like you are a diamond medallion. Flyer? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get on JetBlue and they're like, thank you for your business. And I'm like, thank you for your airline. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't have this career without it. <laughs> Always on the road. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we really appreciate it. Yes, thanks. thanks for I'd and thank you, Ballard, for making our lives wonderful. Oh. We, we use your products all the time, and we're so grateful to you. We love hearing that. Well, if you have yeah. any product needs, you just email us, and I we'll will. see what we can develop for you. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Definitely. Look up now. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Please leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it, and we want five stars. So want do more that five stars. Yes. Um, Check out the show notes for this episode at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. We'll link to Amanda's book and her website and her collection, all that good stuff. And may maybe we'll share some photos of the Dunmore so you can mm -hmm. see our Coventry in action. You got to see it, y'all. So cute. 
Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Enable the how to decorate skill in your Alexa so you can listen to us on your Alexa. And until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.